Welcome to Inspired Learning, the Path of Exile podcast with Badger and Jersey. My name is Badger. And I'm Chris Wilson from Grinding Gear Games. Uh, I am joined today by Chris Wilson. Uh, how are you doing, Chris Wilson? Uh, very good, very good. That's good. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, Yoji can't make it today because he's got a bit of a cold, uh, but we do have yep. Chris Wilson on, uh, which is going to be pretty exciting to talk about um, everything to do with uh, Path of Exile. So the first question I really have for you is, um, why is Path of Exile dying? Uh, we killed it. That was intentional. And mm -hmm. uh, next league's only going to be hard mode. Okay, yeah, cool. Because I, I know you have been talking a lot about hard mode um, and... Uh, I think, re like, like previously you said, like maybe it'll just be like a little bit of a side mode, but I think you guys have decided now that that's that's just the whole game now. Yeah, it's the whole game. There's only SSF hardcore hard mode and nothing else anymore. We will also enable all league as private league mods as the, in the main game, and that's the only league. So we consolidate the whole player base, which will be like five people at that point, uh, into one league to not split yeah. it up too much. Now I also do have on my notes here that. This league, the the test with Ward was a little bit of a test to see if you could get rid of Energy Shield and instead replace it with Ward. Have you been uh, pretty happy with the test so far and you think that's going to go ahead? Oh, um, yeah. We actually decided to not only replace Energy Shield, but also uh, Life and mm -hmm. Evasion and Armor, as well as Dodge and Block with Ward. So there will be only Ward. So you can get hit once and the second time you die. I think that was every five seconds, though, which is I think is very okay. lenient and maybe we'll like, turn up that cooldown a little bit. Great. Yeah, well, that's been the end of the podcast. I think that's all the questions I really had for you, um, uh, Chris Wilson. So, <laughs> so thanks for coming. Um, yeah. I did thanks just actually hear me. from Yoji. He can actually make it back. Uh, yeah, I have an emergency meeting. I have to leave now. So Okay, no, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yoji. Hey, man. Hey, how Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, man. Uh, that was not at all planned, by the way. I just like, we just, that just happened, apparently yeah. just went with it. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, that was not planned. Yoji surprised me with that, but I guess um, yep. I guess we lent into it. So, uh, well, first of all, I, I think we're having a little bit of fun, you know, talking about Chris a lot because Chris has very yep. much been at the forefront with everything. You know, he's he's been on two podcasts so far, um, or podcast slash interviews. There was the first one, the Bay Class, and then it was more of like an interview with Mathel and Zizzer and. Uh, and then Chris is going to be talking to Gazzy, Grimrow, um, Crouching Tuna. Was anyone else? Was anyone else that being mods, on that? I one? think, right? That mods. That's right. Sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that mods was like just coming in a bit later. He wasn't planned from the beginning, but yeah, I think it's a good addition because he's a bit yeah. more, um, a bit less like one zero point zero one percent top player like tuna right like top delver really yeah. like at the pulse of the the top top economy gazi usually like crafting insane stuff grimrose like blasting maps like in, insanity uh so i think that mods might like bring the bring the uh discussion like at least like down a little bit to where people can relate a bit more obviously he's playing a lot but i think i think it's a good yeah. addition i'm really happy to see him in there yeah yeah and you know if you have been living under a rock i'm sure a lot of you you know know everything that's going on and you, if you're listening to this podcast or watching or something like that you're probably pretty keyed in with all of the news but um uh ggg have been doing a lot of uh kind of outreach to the community right now because there has been a lot of outcry on the state of the game you know it really just feeling like um a lot of players are not really enjoying the game as much as they used to and there's been a lot of outcry and uh, ggg have kind of put chris forward to to just answer questions from people just really you know openly uh you know as much as they can as a business but i think chris has been 
from what I can tell, he's been super transparent, which is pretty good. Um, a lot of stuff has come through all of that. Um, what have you What have you felt on the whole, Yoji, from Chris's presentation in you know everything that's been happening? I think so. I watched the Bay class and this interview, and I think uh, like as in, in full. And I think the the in the Bay class, uh, I felt like Chris was a little bit less prepared. I think, or like a little mm. bit less. Uh, he he went just like he winged it a bit more. That's what it felt like, and he. And I think he really just tried to, uh, yeah, just to communicate as much as possible with the community to like try and improve that part because that I think it's been one of the most uh, valid criticisms as well that DGG like no matter what's like going on behind the scenes the stuff we cannot judge and what's actually um, went into some of the changes like not delivering as much as DGG even wanted because they're going back on some of that as well um, we can't really tell or talk about that but I think the communication is something that we can clearly see that wasn't on point always and Chris also admitted to it so I think that was mostly an attempt to to do that to um, set that right that hey we are trying to as openly communicate as possible and uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't backfire because sometimes when Chris communicated something um, without talking to the team and something else came out of it, people were a bit pretty <laughs> upset. But he, he put a lot of caveats on what he said. So I think we hopefully should be as fine as possible in the current day and age of outrage stuff in the community. But yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. feel How do you feel about that? Especially like the Bay class. Um, as like the first time we had like Chris interview basically without yeah. any new content, right? Yeah, it was it was really interesting because... He also felt like he had to bring new content to the podcast as well, and I think that's why why he probably leaked a few things. And you know, uh, everything that he did talk about, there was all, always the you know, this is just ideas kind of um, envelope around the whole thing. But um, it was it was a bit strange, Chris being at the the forefront without really having too much to present or something like that, right? And just having questions thrown at him, and I think. I think the Bay class went really well, in my opinion. Um, the main thing that I got out of it, um, in the past when Chris has been interviewed, it's kind of like, give Chris a question, Chris, sa Chris says the answer, and then there's no follow-up. It's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Okay, next question. But this time around, the Bay class um, crew really drilled him a bit more on those questions and like, no, like, what actually do you mean by this? Or like, you know, but what about this? Or what about this? Um, yeah. Which I think was really good. They kind of dug in a little bit more. Um, yeah, and of yeah. course, like with all these topics they wanted to cover, it wasn't possible to go on every topic like super in depth. I think that could be like something that would be really cool. Where you just just go about like item system for like twenty minutes, half an hour, yeah. and talked about. Chris I think that's what that. happens with the um with the Gazi podcast, honestly. And I think it will. I think they'll want to go more deep. But we'll see. Yeah, where you take like basically you pick your your topics very well, and then you just try to discuss those a bit more in depth instead of like trying to cover everything the community yeah. wants to hear now of course yeah. baycast basically going first they hardly were able to do that right if they just took, took like two or three or four topics well like and talk about each of them almost an hour i think people would have been upset and yeah but i think it also would have made for an like actually better interview probably especially because chris can mostly answer i feel like to these like actual like philosophical overarching um topics that's what he's like really involved in right as like a development lead he will not know like why is this thing not like like mechanically as it should be or whatever there's like a th small detail thing that he might not know or like is not not actively working on right so i feel like mm. a philo big philosophical discussion could like lead to more knowledge about where the game direction is actually headed and i think we got some yeah. of that out of this for sure but 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the general then... gist that I got was kind of just like, look, we we know that the direction that we're trying to push in uh, is going to cause some issues with certain people, and we're happy to make compromises with things, but we're also not pulling back and just giving in to what, you know, what the loud people want type of thing, you know, like I think Chris said, you know, we're not just going to revert this. Well, we thought about reverting small things, like maybe a couple of the flask changes, like we thought about that in-house, we really did, and we're still kind of thinking about that because, you know, maybe we did stuff up there. But you can really get that Chris is like, look, we want it to be this way, and, you know, if we take a monetary hit, like, that's because we want it to be this way. We know that we could make the game faster and, you know, just get more money league after league um, by just keeping to do that. I, I just got a vibe that, like, they're still they're still very much wanting to head in this direction that they have for the game, um, and I think that's I think it's very much tied into Path of Exile too. That wasn't really talked about a lot, but I think because they've probably got so much of a solid foundation of what Path of Exile two what they want it to feel like that they kind of have to get it there in time, get the other leagues there in time, get Path of Exile there in time. I don't know. Is it, there's a lot to kind of break down. No. And uh, what, what do you think about the Ziz and Mathel interview, which was kind of like mm. a... It felt more like interviewee, and it yeah. also was... They had a lot of questions they wanted to ask, and they also got cut short by Chris having to uh, leave, like, yeah. basically before schedule. Yeah, um, yeah that was... Yeah, that how was, do you feel um, about that? Because uh, as far as I understood it, there was, like, a list of questions, and Chris knew the questions as well, right? Like, yeah. he knew the, the list of questions, so he could prepare for... The, uh, the answers for it so he doesn't have to answer I don't know as much which I think I, I think is a good thing but yeah how do you feel about that that one that one was I, I was still half asleep when I was watching it because it was like pretty early <laughs> um, but I, I was just really entertained in that uh, I think mainly because you, you mentioned before like the Bay class Chris was uh, either felt like he was a bit unprepared or quite nervous or um, you know a little bit reserved in this interview he was like he was quipping with Mathel and Ziz and he was having fun with chat and all this kind of stuff as well. And it brought a totally different air to it. So I don't know. I just had a lot of fun in it. <laughs> That's probably not exactly what I should get out of it, but it was just, it was good entertainment for me. Um, I think that one was more where I, I felt a little bit more of that kind of, not defiance from Chris, but more of him just going like, look, we know it's, we know it's this way but we're still heading in this direction type of thing. You know, like maybe we'll make some changes, but we're still heading this way is kind of what I got from him. Overarching. Yeah. There were some, some uh, you're playing the game wrong vibes, I think. Some yeah, there was it. a bit of that, yeah. Um, yeah. Where he said like, maybe you haven't like figured out the meta yet enough or like before, yeah. maybe you should like try a bit more before you complain type of, type of deal, which I think it's honestly not a completely invalid point to have, but it's always something if a developer yeah. says it, it's yep. always a bit like, eh. they, yes. they have the people who have been uh, gone wrong. It's not definitely not the P best PR move to do that, let's put it that way. No, but, he was very much scaling um, the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think if it, this is his honest opinion, I have full respect for him to like saying that. And I think Mathler even backed him up on that. I think Mathler yeah. is pretty much in on the... Um, on the same page of like yeah it's still like it's not as bad as, pe bad as people make it out to be yeah. and what i really liked about that is the whole banter and back and forth between uh mathel and ziz which i think yes. really showed the divide in the community um not like in a, in a bad way but in a good way it really showed that the community is not one person wanting this 
it really shows that there's different different game modes like this playing as a hardcore, core, Mathel playing trade soft core, which is like as far apart as you can be, basically. Yeah. And those people will have different opinions and different experiences. And yeah, I think I think that really was I think it was actually helpful to the podcast experience as a whole and to the interview experience. And um yeah, I th- I think that's that's kinda kinda good. Because a lot of people are like, oh, they they just like were busy fighting each other and not like really like taking Chris Wilson on like trying to push on some issues. But I think that was good. I think that really showed what is actually happening. That's like Chris yeah. Wilson. He's like trying to please both sides and agree sometimes <laughs> with this side, sometimes with that side. That's true, I think that yeah. really showed the dynamic well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of it like that. That that's true. And Ziz was very much also trying to take on um, a lot of the questions and mindset that he did have sent into him, and there were there were a lot. Um, it's um, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about the interview. There were there were some things that I agreed with and some things that I didn't agree with, and I guess that's that was the point of the interview. And you know that also does show the divide. It shows the divide in my head as well, not just the divide in the community, but the divide in my head of like, well, yeah, I do like some of the changes, but I also don't like some of the changes. Like, maybe maybe I can be for and against. Is that is that allowed? Am I able to no, keep that's, hopping that's over illegal. the fence? This is, a, this is the internet. You can be. That's just black and white. You can be either one hundred percent for something on, on the on the side or one hundred percent against. There's yeah. no. There's no in between. It's the internet. You can't. You can't just have a nuanced opinion in here. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True. All right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah look. I don't know. I. I think it's a really interesting thing that Chris is doing or GGG is doing at the moment of of communicating a lot more um but i think is as you said like sometimes there's small little slip-ups that can happen with things that chris say says or or something that you know does cause issues or comes across in the wrong way and that's why they've expressed like they've been scared over the past year to really have too much communication with the community because of that thing you know and now and now they're reaching out again so i do just hope that it doesn't backfire you know yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's pretty clear, at least to me, it feels a lot like that, that basically Chris decided that they're not putting, like, other people to the forefront. He's basically tanking everything now. That's what it feels like, right? Like, he's mm, yeah. he's stepping in front of the camera and basically, like, taking all the all the community blame and whatever, which I think is honestly not, not a bad move. Like, if he he just basically says, like, hey, I can take that. I don't, I don't mind if people call me names. Then, yeah, do that and protect the, the employees behind him. Yeah, because what he's also said a lot of times, like in the interview, that he thinks the team is doing an awesome job. I think he mentioned that quite a, quite a few times. Not as quite as often as hard mode, but like probably like the second <laughs> thing he mentioned was like how awesome the team is and that he really stands behind their work, and that they that he trusts their decisions so that he does not have to uh, micromanage and overview everything. Right, that's what he always mentions, and yeah, I think he's probably right, and I think the team is actually doing a fantastic job overall. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's basically just so. like become the tank, which I think, I that's, think so. that's what that's what like the face of the, the company CEO, whatever you de- do take the pressure for like a good, a good uh, like leader in the business sense takes the pressure for his uh, for his employees. Right. So I think yeah. he's doing a pretty good job at what he's supposed to do in yeah. some in some sense, at least. I think so. Yeah. I guess my next question to that then is, you know, um, how. Uh, you know how much how much is ggg paying you because obviously yoji like you saying these things means that you're a shield right um yeah i i did and... get the uh exile mystery bag thing for free that's why i'm Ooh, like oh okay yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah because i 
Yeah. I, I literally actually got that for free because I don't have a credit card, which is not very common in Europe. So I was like, <laughs> they only had credit card payment. They were like, oh. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not getting one then. And then like someone reached out, was like, okay, since you did so much for the community, you can have that one for free. You just have oh, to pay customs. That's so I so only nice, had to pay yeah. customs. So that's so why, yeah, that's why that. I'm like yeah. chilling for GGG now because they gave me like a yeah. Valorf shirt and another shirt and a Roa and an Exalt. And... Also, also, I got a headhunter this league. So Chris Wilson enabled that personally on my account. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's also, the, the, I also the, actually the got a headhunter, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, let's just quickly, like, let's just quickly <laughs> talk about what we've actually been doing in Path of Exile yeah. before we go any any deeper. But tell me about the headhunter, because I've seen that you've got it, but I didn't see how you did it. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned before, like, before the podcast started, um, I didn't stream that much because the baby was sick, and we had, like, I had, like, very little game time. So I played, like, a half an hour here, 20 minutes there, like, a few maps on my uh, Bone Shatter Jug, right? And, like, in between some of the maps, I was um, rerolling Gwenin because they, were, they just buffed Gwenin, not only the unique chance, but also, like, the item level and what you can get. And I was, like, fishing for influence bases, basically, because I'm playing group foul, I can't just buy a level 86 Astral Plate with Elder Influence or whatever. I have to, like, actually find it somehow. So I was, like, fishing for that. And then I was, like, rerolling Gwenin. I had, like, 120 rerolls sitting around. I just, like, click reroll, and I was, like, okay, nothing here I want. And I was, like... Well, there's a leather belt. I mean, do I click this and waste some currency? I guess you have to kind of click leather belts on a philosophical level, right? I was like, you, you can't just leave them out. So I clicked the leather belt, it turned into a headhunter, and I was like, <laughs> this uh... actually happens to people? And yeah, I was like, I think I was eight rerolls deep into Gwenin and like probably like six or seven leather belts total in the league. So that was just pure RNGs being like, here, have a headhunter, your build is too slow. And my build is too slow. And, uh, re-rolled because it wasn't doing the headhunter justice because i maxed out like two or three buffs per maximum at a time so i'm re-rolling a raider now yeah but, nice but yeah headhunter is it's, it's pretty good it's better than behead support so i swapped out the behead support right when i got that <laughs> yeah however headhunter does not give you plus four strike range which on bone chatter does actually feel uh noticeably worse when you don't have that yeah because behead okay. support at Quality is plus one strike range at twenty quality, and it gets three base. Four strike range on a strike wow, is, is really, noticeable. yeah. That's the that's the yeah. actual good part on behead support that no one talks about. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I like because I um I just well about two hours before the podcast, I decided I'm actually really bored of trade SSF time, so no. I'm, I'm I'm rerolling SSF and I'm going for a champion dominating blow of all things, uh, which I think oh. will work. Um, Which is really good with behead support. Exactly, that's the thing. I, I didn't even know about the strike support, so yeah, I'm going to be using behead on that character and, and stacking full impale and using herald of purity as well and, and seeing what we can do with that. So that's good to know. Just like stacking a bunch of strike range. Get some nice strike range from the duelist area as well, which is good. So I'll just be attacking off screen with yeah. um, dominating blow. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Range, range, dom blow. Um, yeah, yeah in case much. people don't know what behead support does for uh, dominating blow, the dominating blow minions when they use their auto attack, basically, uh, which is kind of like considered a strike, they also get behead buffs, right? So they yeah. they can yeah. steal auras from rares, mm -hmm. and that way you can't only have the rare dominating blow dude, which already has auras from rares. You can also at, at time have like two or three rare auras. Maybe you yourself get one as well, which is kind of nice. It yeah. definitely does add up and. Um, yeah, it it's not the cool. best damage support, but it's like utility-wise, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably for bossing, I'd switch in something else, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking of doing. Should be pretty fun. We'll see. We'll what see. it's also really good for is um, if you, for example, do Sirius before Awakener Eight, um, mm. he starts at uh, half HP, right? So you get yeah. uh, 
uh, you get 50% more damage for the whole fight, which True. is really cool. Also, Izaro, when you do like the Uber Duba lab, he also the last phase is all low life as well. There's some stuff where it's like actually worth huh. to swap it in for another support gem because 50% more damage is a good support gem That's if it's lot. up all the yeah. time. It's really bad for like map clearing, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it's basically mine. It's, it's basically four strike range and occasional buff, but it's really good for uh, for those fights. It's not, it's not as bad doesn't... as I as I originally thought, you know. It's yeah. not as bad as also, I if you die thought. midway in a fight and the boss is below half HP, you can just in your hideout swap out the gems real quick and have like more damage. It's kind of, it's kind of an it's it's not a useless support. After using yeah. it a bit, I decided it has its uses. It's a bit niche, but it has its uses. Yeah, heck yeah. Nice shirt, by the way. Actually, I was just gonna say. Well, those those who might be listening, we're both wearing Path of Exile merch right now. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness, we are shills, aren't we, Yoji? Yeah, we are. We oh, are absolute shills. All right. Well, yeah. I guess you know all we can really do now is just keep praising a hundred percent. You know what what Chris has to say, right? A yeah. Big capper. Yeah. A big capper on that one, though. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think, I mean, we talked about that last podcast as well, and the one before that as well, that we are pretty uh, we are pretty on the fence about some of the changes. Yeah. I think you were mostly worried about the flask changes, and yeah. Yeah, um, I, think so. I think I was, like, very positive on a lot of stuffs, mm. but yeah. I'm, I think, I'm, I think, like, what, what it comes down to me, like, why I'm not very, feel very strongly about all of this, when I started playing PUE, it was, like, a very slow game. And then we went all the way to maximum zoom mode, and I don't like maximum zoom mode as much as slow game. But I've I've managed to find a way to enjoy and play every every path of exile we've had from from 1.0 to 3.13, which is like just as you know, like the curve they put up, right? The power yeah. level curve. Yeah. So no matter where we go back on that curve, I probably enjoy that as well. So I'm not as worried. Yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think I'm very similar. Like I haven't been streaming for a ton or been in the community, you know, I as much as you, Yoji, but I have I have played since since the open beta. So it's the same thing for me, right? Like, I can go back to that. I do really enjoy zooming, and I think there is... There's something... There's obviously something big changing now with the direction of, of where Path of Exile was going and where it's kind of, you know, correcting to. For me personally, like, I'm not too fast. Like, on a, on a really personal level, I, you know... I'm I'm too addicted to Path of Exile to you know be upset and not want to play the game really. <laughs> no, not not so much in that way. It's it's more so. Um, I I personally I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep playing the game because I like Path of Exile. I like the the general core base of it. The thing that I'm worried about is genuinely it actually going in a direction that a lot of people who are newer to the game just aren't enjoying. You know for whatever reason and. and you know, and for very valid reasons as well, might I might I say. Like, if you're not enjoying the game for a certain change that's happened, you know, that's that's probably pretty valid. I, I think I'm a little scared yeah. that there's going to be quite a few backsteps because of that in terms of Path of Exile's growth. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. it's cool to take, like, some hits in player base, maybe, when you think it makes your like overall game the overall experience better in the long term i think that is something that's also valid to do but within reason and this mm. league maybe was a bit too much at once or i mean that's mm. like i think the idea the strat they took with this was um we just like do it all at once so people get upset once maybe they got upset a lot and maybe we'll lose a lot of people for a few leagues but if they could have what they could have done instead they just like a little bit 
one patch, a little bit next patch, a little bit next mm. patch, and dealt with it over like one and a half years of of not as loud bitching, but enough bitching. I, you do yeah. basically have to make a decision what you think is worse. And th- I think they decided to just like, instead of like taking one finger and like another finger, yeah. they just chop off the whole arm. A, deal I was with that use whole, a body whole... harm thing as well. Yeah. An, an analogy, you, you beat me to it though. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like chop yeah. off the whole arm, like bandaid it, get used to it and then be cool. Instead of like tiny chops, chops, chops until you're okay. Now the arm's done. That's, that doesn't work. If you like yeah. that or not, if you like that, I think there's like a lot of valid uh, criticism, and I think this patch in particular is not very yeah. good. I hope they can like fix it a bit because I think build diversity has been one of the main criticisms that I can get behind that it is a bit low now. But people also act a bit like that this is now forever what it's going to be like, and that I think is yeah. not true. It, just because we had a few patches where build diversity was low, and there are people. People always get so hung up on like what build diversity means and doesn't mean I can clear X map, Y map. Can I, it doesn't mean tier 10 maps, doesn't mean tier 5 maps, doesn't mean campaign, doesn't mean Uber Elder, doesn't mean Maven. I personally think build diversity matter is a per person thing. It's not yeah. a per community thing. Yeah, 100%. Because I very much agree with that. it basically means everyone sets a goal line, right? You said, like, let's say you want to do Maven this league. Let's say I said I want to do tier uh, tier 11 maps this league. Just, like, as a random goal. That sets, like, a baseline. Of course, mine is a bit lower than yours because you said Maven. Maven is up here. And every build, and then they have, like, all the builds. Like, here's the top tier builds that are above all lines, and they have some mid-tier builds. And depending on where you set your goal line, that, uh, like, rules out every build that's basically below that. And where where you place how high you place the builds depends on how much time you have, how much knowledge you have. Because you can probably kill Maven, let's say, on a I don't know glacial hammer build if you really put yourself towards that. Mm-hmm. But then there there's people who could not do that because they don't have the time, they don't have the currency. Also, it depends yeah. on game mode, right? Could you could probably do that in softcore trade? Could you do that in hardcore solo self found? We don't know. Mm-hmm. One way to find out, I guess. But yeah, you, you know what I mean, right? This, yeah, it depends 100%. on so many things. Yeah. And that's why I think it's a per-person thing. It depends on your game mode choice, your goal choice, your ex- experience, your knowledge, your your also your player skill, I guess, because that yeah. also matters. And then it also depends on, uh, yeah, how much, uh, how much, I don't know, you can, how do you say that? Like how much you can endure a bad build, right? Because some people will yeah. only play something that feels as good as a baseline, right? With the build, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. How much you can uh, grind out, how, you, how much you're willing to grind out, and how much slowness or fastness you can take, right? That yeah. people probably only play Raiders this patch because it's the only fast sentency left, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there is uh, other people who be like, no, I'm, I'm fine playing like Bone Shattered Jug. It's slow, like like I am, and it's 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 fun to me. I like that. It's slow, but it's it's still fun. So it depends mm-hmm. on so many things. I feel like uh, some people can endure more, like lower damage. Some people are fine with less tankiness, but like don't need the damage as much and but i think when you nerf everything of course build diversity for everyone will go down if everything yeah. goes down yeah. let's say like 20 30 40 percent those lines maven line did not change they didn't nerf above maven so every build that was above maven now like 40 percent of them or like 40 percent about are now below your line wherever your line was it's always down a bit and i yeah. think well that's, I think normal, that's the main thing right everyone is feeling yeah. some sort of hit to to their personal power like and 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 that's why you know it, it that's why people feel like they have to play you know the meta builds is because well like you know if i if i couldn't make a build that can do maven last league or if i couldn't make a build that can do serious last league how the hell am i going to make a build that can do serious this league 
I'm just going to follow these three builds that are in the meta. And um, the, the, the build diversity kind of topic that's being thrown around a lot right now is a really interesting one because yeah. in, in my personal opinion, in how I play the game, so if we're talking how, you know, you were talking Yoji, then build diversity for me personally is one of the highest it's been in a very long time just because of all the new skills that have come through. But my benchmark for what makes a build, you know, playable is using the skill to kill enemies, <laughs> right? My, my, my benchline I mean, that's what is... the game is about, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but, but just like, like, that's basically it. Or doing it in a, you know, a strange way or something like that. But for me, like, my actual benchmark of what a build is, is so low. Um, but, like, for, for a lot of other I mean... people, as you said, like, that's just higher. And, you know, neither is right or wrong. Um, I think it's very valid to say that build diversity on a whole is pretty low this league um, in terms of what the meta is right now because that's the meta, you know. We're yeah, seeing it went, it went down builds. in comparison. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I think a lot of people are trying to argue that, you know, no, build diversity is really big this league because there's a lot of potential builds that maybe people haven't discovered yet. And so people are trying to use that as like a justification where you know I, I think i actually agree that on a whole build diversity is down like it it really is um i've i'm having way more fun trying way more skills than i ever have um but that doesn't mean that build diversity is up that just means that i'm playing around with a bunch of skills right um yeah it's like yeah. it depends on what you, that, that that's why you basically set set your baseline to like I can have fun in like white to yellow maps with this and try something interesting. That's your baseline. That a lot yeah. of skills fall above that that cutoff line, a cutoff point. Oh yeah, I say most think... skills in the game do. Um, in yeah. like you know white to yellow, white to low yellows, and so that's that's my baseline is like yes, all skills are viable. Let's go. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. what showed in the Mathel and Zizarin interview as well, re quite a bit, because Mathel is, uh, I mean, he is doing a lot of crap ton of very different builds every league, and this league as well, like, no exception. And, um, yeah, he said he's kind of fine with the build diversity, but his cutoff yeah. point is, uh, I can do the endgame bosses as a glass cannon with very high player skill, yeah. and, uh, yeah, in softcore trade. And yeah. Zizz's cutoff point is, I want to do all content SSF hardcore. Yeah, I think that is a very different cutoff point, and I can see why Ziz <laughs> feels pigeonholed into a lot of very few builds because he ruled out like ninety nine percent of the builds by by having, setting his cutoff points so low, and that's also yeah. one of the main challenges for GGG going forward that their player base has these very vastly different um, experiences, and they kind of have to get them all somehow into one game where they balance it right. Yeah, and I think it's it, I think it is valid for SSF hardcore players to ask for a bit more build diversity right now. I think that's a very valid yeah. thing to ask yeah. for. But it's also valid for Mathel to say, "Yo, if you're softcore trade and you have decent playtime and a lot of experience in the game, like he has, which may, maybe not quite as much, but if you've been playing since like 1.0, like actively very engaged with the game, you're playing softcore trade, you should probably find enough builds to keep you enjoy engaged for a few weeks. Otherwise, yeah. you're kind of maybe exaggerating the problem a bit." And I think that's also very valid. I think both had valid points. It just depends on where you are in the whole, yeah. I don't know, network of PUE builds. And, yeah. We we love to sit on the fence, don't we, Yoji? Uh, I'm trying to get off this fence, but I don't know. It's comfy up here. It's great. <laughs> uh. look, look down on other peeps. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing down there? No, no. no. What's um, down, not going on down there, plebs? 
<laughs> oh dear. Oh no. Now now we're no. now we're gonna get called out. I mean, um, for me personally, build diversity is is a bit down as well. I mean, I yeah, I yeah. rolled absolution first. This league was like. Ugh, can't clear white math that was before the buff but yeah, I couldn't clear white math that's definitely a cutoff point for me if I can't mm. confidently clear blue mm. tier 1 maps no that's not a <laughs> that just doesn't work and it was not a very like crazy crazy uh, like meme build or whatever it's just played absolution as a guardian yeah. kind of like the, the intended way but then it got buffed by 400 bazillion percent so that's probably <laughs> why and yeah. um yeah, Bone Shatter I was fine with. I didn't like Eye of Winter, for example. I know you had a lot of fun. And you recently played Winter. Yep. You recently played uh Firestorm, I think. You, didn't you invest like a bunch I, of exhaust? Every day, into, every day I've been Firestorm? playing a different build. Yeah. So I've been playing around with Firestorm and the alt the alt quality, the anomalous one gives more even more damage to the initial hit and then reduces the duration. So just trying to scale that with like enhance and like a bunch of other things and um I want Firestorm to be good, but it's still not great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it was it has one of the best with. MTXs. Yeah. Also, oh, I didn't really know cool. that you could make uh, Fireball instant. I think that was the coolest thing about that video that I didn't yeah. know. If you go negative, what is it? Negative proc speed, right? It's so you go um, below less than 100% reduced. Percent reduced. So it's and then you go get negative, infinite proc but... speed. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a bug. And I think, I think if a GGG employee watches that video, it'll be patched in like tomorrow. But um <laughs> but it's hilarious it's also it not, it's not hilarious. even that useful it's just really funny yeah yeah it's, it, is it useful no i don't think it's useful at all really did you test like, what happens if you have like fork or chain or something on there they do fork and chain yep like instantly boop, 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 boop. instantly yeah that's super cool <laughs> so, so i guess that kind of you know that kind of works but yeah <laughs> so yeah in case you don't know what happens if you reduce at least fireball we, i don't know if it's all projectiles but Fireball has an uh, an alternate quality that gives you reduced projectile speed, right? Mm -hmm. So you can get that with a lot of like enhance and stuff. I think you use the Kate of Cooler Mag as well. Yeah. Uh, to more than 100% reduced projectile speed. So basically negative projectile speed. When you do that, there's no Fireball anymore. You just you cast and the Fireball instantly arrives at where at like, its the destination, next collision yeah. destination Either the wall or an enemy. Like it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll travel... Um, well, I don't, well, it doesn't travel infinitely because of, you know, yeah. um, how the game works, but the, the speed is infinite speed, uh, yeah, which is the weird. Speed is infinite speed. Some sort of overflow thing happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Pretty... slow that it's instant. Yeah, it, it doesn't travel. It's so slow it doesn't travel anymore. It just arrives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know if there's any other, because the only way to do it is with an alternate quality with, like, a cane of Kulamak and an enhance, so you get, like, a level 7 enhance. And the alt quality. So I don't think you can with any other skill, unless there's any other skill that does have reduced quality on it. Reduced projectile speed. I mean, speed, reduced, right? reduced um, projectile speed. I don't know. Yep. But, but anyway, it's still really yeah, cool. It was fun. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> with a tangent. But yeah, it was pretty. It yeah, was it's, pretty it's cool. basically like old hit scan, uh, hit scan shooters, right? Yeah, pretty where much. You can't, yeah. Where you, yeah. at the moment you hit the, the trigger on the gun, you instantly get it. Instantly hit, hit where yeah. you're aiming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Frostbolt has one uh, from the live chat, so I know what I'm doing after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean Frostbolt pierces uh, as well everything, right? So it's just like is that you just hit a an invisible damaging skill? Uh oh. Okay, I gotta check. <laughs> that. Anyway. Anyway. What happens to Ice Nova? <laughs> oh, to cast on an invisible infinite speed Frostbolt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, we're gonna be doing some tests after this podcast, but anyway. Um, I had a point that I was going to talk about, or kind of like a hypothetical 
Um, I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, map progression and, you know, whites to early yellows. Um, I think this is pretty well shared with a lot of people that around about the Awakener level 3, which is around about, like, early to mid yellows, right? Um, you, you hit this kind of wall where you're like, wait, my build's not really actually doing that much damage. It was kind of coasting until now. On a lot of builds, you feel that way. I think I've shared this yeah. with a lot of people and they've said, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I definitely feel that. I think Awakening they're... 3 is what it was. Awakening 3 Watchstones, right? 3 Watchstones. 3 Watchstones watch watch Conquerors. actually, I think, is what I'm thinking. Okay. 2 yeah. Watchstones. I, I actually found out a bit later, usually. For me, later, it's usually yeah. 3 Watchstones. And the 3 Watchstone Conquerors usually went the first time I feel like, ooh, where's my DPS? That's usually mm. yeah. what happens. And yeah. this league is obviously worse because we have less damage. But it's yeah. always been like... It's like tier 11 maps for me. Mm. That's usually where I hit, in SSF at least, where I hit a yeah. little bit of a wall. Tier 11, My damage is a yeah. bit low. 11, I had like a 10-minute uh, Conqueror fight against uh, Veritania. Heck yeah. With three bot stones because she decided to always keep my character. I was playing a strike skill, right? So she yeah. was decided to always do like the spinny thing whenever I came up. And then she always did the machine gun. And then she does her looping slam. And then she never went into just like hit me because I could tag some of those hits. But she decided to Which max to, like so one annoying. swipe. And then whenever she was doing the swipes where I could attack her, he, she was standing in the storm. So I was just like, I, I could, just couldn't attack her anymore. I just wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> so I fought, I fought her. I was barely yeah. kick, slapping her ES off. And then I was like, okay, I guess I have to go away again. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely where I hit a wall. But yeah, I think some people yeah. like hit it a bit, maybe a bit earlier. But for me, it's like definitely three watchstones. Like tier 9, 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13. I think like it's definitely it's definitely because of a lot of things right like it's i think the main thing though is probably especially in trade league um you you're kind of coasting you are coasting when you get to maps in most yeah. situations this league was a little different because you know maps just felt a bit harder with the act 1 changes to the mobs and everything like that um changes to the act 1 mobs i should say um, yeah the goldman slapping there are, a, bit there are a lot of them that appear in like act 1 the three maps and that sort of thing anyway um, but you're kind of coasting. You don't really ever upgrade your gear until you hit that wall. And when you hit the wall, like you hit it fast and hard. Um, and I don't have solutions to that, but like, it, it's I have at least instead of one. like, you know, first conqueror taking one minute and then you realize you get to this conqueror and it's taking like 10 minutes. Like, is there some sort of balance that can happen in the, in the early maps that, that make you want to upgrade at, you know, smaller intervals and make that progression a little bit more understandable to people, I guess. I don't know. I mean, just... I I, th I think like I'm obviously hitting that wall a little, a little bit later. That could just yeah. be me perceiving low damage a bit differently. Maybe for me, low damage is like I I feel bad about my build basically later. That could be yeah. one thing, right? <laughs> the other thing could be yeah. um because I'm playing SSF. Uh, obviously, I would I have. I think I have probably worse gear when I get to maps than trade players have that's i think it's pretty fair to assume because I, i'm often using items that i use since like act three or something like any half decent rare i probably have movements 20 percent movement speed boots max and like the crafted is like the top end and uh i think i don't hit as much of a hard wall because i keep constantly upgrading during early maps like one to five tier five maps i keep constantly upgrading in ssf because i like i will find upgrades so while i think my overall power is probably low i think my transition is a bit smoother and I, that's why I yeah. only really hit the wall at, like, three watchstones. Because that's where the ramp up of, like, monster HP... If you look at the monster HP curve, right? It's really, like, tier 10, 11, 12 is where it really catches on. 
and then to like 16s it's like exponential so mm. yeah maybe that's why so maybe trade players should just upgrade their gear a bit more often. <laughs> yeah and i'm trying to think of why that happens and i think the main thing is probably like well we kind of we kind of get told a lot everyone in the community gets told that like when you drop your big ticket you know currency item or something like that then you can buy your gear um rather than you know like you you can very early like you can pick stuff up off the ground and and do better but we we do just get told that you that you can't well okay maybe not pick off the ground maybe fine from league mechanics and and that sort of thing because the ground's still not that great but in sf you could actually pick it off the ground yeah I, no even but... just in act one like i was just playing through ssf in act one and i was just like i did like a like the league mechanic i got like five items that were like good for my character and i was like is this is this what Ooh. is this what part of excel feels like when you when you look at items what yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually uh, it's actually fun um yeah like a little bit of side tangent are you excited for hard mode would you try it yeah i'm definitely gonna try it like and i tried on trade um i think um but yeah uh yeah hard mode is sounding really interesting Probably not going to be at all my main game mode, but I would try and yeah. see how far I can get with like a super meta build, like just to just to push maybe my perseverance on knowledge, and just like throw throw aside my um uh my kind of like hipsterness of of part of Exo where, where I'm like oh, I've got to play something no one's ever played before and just like just be a meta cuck for yeah. for like a few weeks. I think I honestly think you have to, but I also think that meta might be very different because with no gem vendors and stuff like that, it's probably going to be like skills are going to be more viable if you get the right support gems during leveling, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of interesting. That might might just be a lot of like stuff that needs no gear, right? Like Domblo. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Domblo is probably a good one. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. If Spectral Shield Throw doesn't get absolutely nerfed into oblivion, which um it probably will i i i don't know i think i mean spectral shield throw needs a shield and yeah, pretty, sounded like you might not have craft, a shield right? oh true yeah yeah you probably <laughs> won't find a shield you probably won't find a shield till like act eight yeah so. it, sounds, it sounds pretty brutal <laughs> and that is like a white shield you're like <clears throat> yeah true true yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's, i like that you're making true. like a uh that anger elbow just posted in chat like a idea of making like a video series where you're like in part part 641 you're just like all right we arrived at act 11 <laughs> act 10 we're now on maps act 11 wait yoji do you and know like information 11. we don't know Ooh. <laughs> we can't talk about act 11 yet um oh and maps yeah yeah we just uh maps is basically act 11 right yeah yeah basically yeah 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 nice cover yoji by the way yeah <laughs> change the topic no but i think heart mode is might might what it was meant to do, from what I've got from Chris, is that it meant, it's meant to make item progression feel super meaningful again, right? Yes. Yep. That's like the whole the whole point of it. So, yeah, maybe maybe that that's kind of fun because I enjoy the SSF experience. I might I might try out mode for for a bit. I don't know. Maybe it yeah. will become my main game mode. Maybe it won't. It's really hard to it tell. It also depends on what mods like will they will yeah. enable. No gem vendors is already pretty yikes. That's like not that yeah. not yeah. that nice. Maybe also no item vendors. I could see that happening as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of spicy stuff they'll have for us. And I can see hard mode being something that they 
they just experiment with, you know, league by league. Okay, so this league's hard mode is going to be only white items, um, uh, or, like, like maximum three items per zone or something like that, or, like, you know, like... <laughs> so you have to actually hunt the packs for those three items, and you've got, you know, like, some fun stuff that they can do with hard mode, right? Really just be, like, punishing, but, like, in different ways per league. I can see that, you know, that might be something they want to experiment with, or whether it's yep. just going to be something they iterate very slowly on over the leagues to just make into you know chris and jonathan and whoever else is you know perfect way to play path of exile type of thing um yeah yep. and hopefully all of their creative juices can be put into that and not vented out into the main game which i think has happened in the past yeah um, yeah no, I think that's. I think it's really good. I think also, especially the people who want a faster game, should actually be excited about this because this mm. might basically make everyone who wants a very slow game happy, so they just don't stop asking for slowing down the game, and then the main game can can be relatively fast without like losing the people who want a slow progression scheme. Yes. I think SSF yeah. has done that in the past until we got like so crazy fast that basically SSF for people who play a decent amount of time, yeah, or half a decent amount of experience is crazy like i i managed to like on the ritual patch which was probably the fastest PU has been ever i got to level 99 with like two hours played per day like less than two hours played per day in mm -hmm. sf like yeah fuck yeah. <laughs> i think that is that is a pretty pretty crazy game i did every i did the feared i did like every single uh got every single atlas passive yeah that that's pretty crazy yeah i've i've played the game for a long time but it, i didn't invest that much time yeah, it, and it's SSF. It was not like in trade that would be definitely possible, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely in SSF. Yeah, that that to me is a bit much in SSF. Like, I, like I think that's too fast if you're playing two hours, oh, two hours a day. What you probably did it on like month two, like end of month two, or like end of month and a half or something, or it was like week week nine or ten of the league. So it yeah, was okay, it was yeah. like I played most of the league. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But yeah, also, I enjoyed fast, yeah. most of the league. So that was the fastest the game has ever been. That's true, hey? Yeah. I still enjoyed that part of yeah. the game a lot. Yeah, and that's not to be so, overshadowed, yeah. right? Like, there is... I think I think the reason a lot of people are frustrated is because there is a lot of enjoyable stuff to be done at the very end game, you know? And if you're not doing that, it feels like you're missing out on that fun. You know, you see streamers who get to play the game... 10 12 hours a day you see them doing the high content and you know you can't do that or you know you hear from your friends who are higher up in content um uh and and you can't do that and that sort of thing right like that that must just feel like you're missing out on fun like as much as i can try and empathize with that that must kind of suck yeah yep. it's just fun and up also there. also <laughs> the point that that zizzerin made that i think is very valid for like gear but also i think it's very valid for content Basically, if the next upgrade or the next tier of content feels out of reach, you stop mm -hmm. playing. You don't stop mm -hmm. playing because there's nothing more to do. You stop playing when you think there's nothing more you can reach. That's And true. I think that yep. was a very, very good point where people are like, um, because Chris always uh, talked about like once people got perfect items or reached all content, they will stop playing. But people will stop playing when they get to, let's say you, are, for example, reach tier 11, tier 12 maps, you hit that wall and you grind and you grind and you grind. You feel like I'm not overcoming that wall in like the next four weeks and i don't yeah. really want to stay at this point for that long i'm just gonna wait for next league see if that's better and 
I think the same happens, of course, for items. When you hit, like, an item that is pretty good, and the next tier would be, for example, in trade. Like, you bought an item... I think that happens, actually, a lot, of, a lot in trade. You buy an item for, like, say, like, one exalt. You got a lucky exalt drop, or maybe two. You buy a one or two to two exalt item. The next meaningful upgrade will be 10 to 20. Yes. And then oh, that, after that, the like next meaningful will be, like, 80. Trade. Yep. And yeah, it, it goes from, like, of... you know, one, one chaos, two chaos, five chaos, ten chaos, one exalt... 10 exalts a mirror <laughs> not quite probably yeah. not that big a jump but like it it is very exponential in the amount of money that you pay to upgrade gear in in trade definitely yeah, yeah. because let's say you have like a two exalt item in your slot buying a three exalt item is not going to make a meaningful difference unless yeah. you like for example it helps you to balance wise oak like hit some breakpoint right yeah. but if you don't hit a breakpoint it's not going to do that much. And I think a lot of people stop when they have, like, let's say, like, one exalt item in each slot and maybe, like, have one or two five exalt items. That's when a lot of, let's say, invested, engaged, like, uh, players who play a lot, I think that's where it kind of, like, they stop. Because and usually you yeah. can do all content at that point anyways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, someone brought up a, a, a good um, uh, a, a good example. Like, a, a two notable large cluster compared to a three notable large cluster. Like, like... The difference there yep. is is one single modifier, and the, and the price difference in trade is well. I guess you know in SSF there's a certain price to that as well. You know how much rolling you do on it, how much time it takes you to get that as well. You know yeah, there, harvest, there's a certain basically. price there to get that extra one modifier, and and that just really kind of sums up that kind of exponential exponential growth there. And it's a really good point, Yoji. That and well, that I guess is said as well is if if it really does if that next goal that next upgrade that next boss feels too far out of reach then you know what's the point of of spending the time to get there um yeah that's a that's a big problem to solve though you know there, there are many levels to that in in many different ways but yeah i can very much feel that yeah hmm. yeah anything you're excited for what Chris announced. Yeah, like Chris big... leaked and announced a lot of tiny things. And I'm trying that's definitely one I'm very excited but... for. But what yeah, are you excited for? I'm, I'm trying not to be too excited because like they were they were leaks, but they were, you know, they were read off kind of suggestion boards, I guess, of people. Some were more like Chris did say some were probably going to happen and others were literally just ideas. The one that I think I'm excited for is the um the atlas being reduced to four sections instead of eight sections. That, that's um, mine as well. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, so Chris talked on... For those who missed it, uh, I think in the Bay class, Chris talked on uh, the potential of Next League, the atlas being reduced in map size. I think it was down to 100. Was it? Or 120 or something? 100, 100 some number. maps, 100? he said. Yeah. Complete, 100 completion bonus, so including um, unique maps. Yeah. Yeah, and reducing it down to four, which is going to make things a lot more simple to understand, first of all, for new players in the game, to understand uh, watchstones and where conquerors are going to be spawning. If you've got four zones and four conquerors, that makes that makes sense. And then you put the watchstones in, and then weird, all of right? the maps yeah. are higher levels, and then you run them again. And then you put the next watchstones in, and you run it again. And, like, you don't have to juggle or leapfrog or you know this kind of stuff it's like i'm very excited for that not not from a personal perspective but from a game perspective from from newer people understanding 
what happens when getting to maps. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be good if that does happen. Yeah. There's a caveat there. Yeah, if that Pretty does sure happen, going to do it. I really hope it happens. It sounds like a very sensible thing to do. It's actually been what I've been asking for since the beginning of the freaking Atlas changes <laughs> yeah. because I was like, the Atlas feels good until the first series, and the rest feels like a slog to mm-hmm. me personally. Mm-hmm. The, the first part is like, okay, I'm in tier 14, 15, 16 maps now. And then all the other stuff now is just collecting more watchstones that do the yeah. same, but for all regions. Yeah. And I never liked that. I never, never, yeah. I never liked that. So I think that's, I think that's really, really cool. Did he talk on specifics? I can't quite remember in terms of how progression does work from that point. Cause, cause what that means there is that's 16 watchstones, right? Instead of the 32. Yeah, they have um, the watchstones. Uh, Awakening four it would be the cap then, unless yeah. they. What they could do is they could just basically double the bonus per awakening level. Yeah, and then I you have something like that was mentioned. I can't remember. Oh. Then you have like at awakening one you're basically at two. At awakening two you're basically at four. And at awakening three, or awakening you are at levels six. go up every two watchstones instead of four. That could work as well. That could also work, yeah. But mm-hmm. that that seems a bit odd. It, seems, it kind of makes thematically sense to have one set of stones is like one infinity gauntlet right it's one yeah. one <laughs> it's yeah. one uh plus one to whatever so they could just up that they could also just cut an awakening bonus in half that would be a power level reduction they could just go like basically say we gave you the reduction in grind Yo, but you, your top end is nerfed i see number go down and i unhappy <laughs> i mean yeah come they on could still do that <laughs> i i totally take a shorter atlas progression for that little bit of power I'm, i i'd be happy um, yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, I think I think what they they could do whatever they could also oh, yeah. they, they said they uh, aspirational content is important to them, so I would yes. be surprised if they took down the awakening level, or yeah. they just take the missing four awakening levels and slap them on the atlas passives instead of plus yeah. one awakening and now it's plus five. Bam. Yeah, OP. that's the other thing as well. <laughs> like, are we going to see? Uh, well, we're going to see like uh, if that does happen. Chris did also mention that there would be a obviously a reduction in atlas passive notables because there's not as many because there are a lot of kind of redundancy there is a lot of redundancy in the the tree um these are these are chris's words like i don't know if i fully agree there's a lot of fun stuff to do with things but i think i think there's places where you can just basically put two modifiers together right so maybe we're just going to be seeing more power out of each individual like um uh atlas ascendancy passive that we get you know um the the breach one could just be double as effective you know you're getting you're getting the faster breach going out and in as well as you know 100% increased chance for bosses and 100% increased density and you know like we could just be getting a lot more power per node which could be pretty fun i I, what i would actually prefer to see is if they uh we had more nodes per passive tree and we had basically more choice but not, not more power and then what they could do is they could took all the breach nodes, put them in one region, not like consolidate yeah. them into like a powerful node. And then you could basically invest all your, how many do you get? Like 10 points, eight True, points? That could be pretty cool. Yeah. You into just in into total. breach or just into blight or whatever. Right. So, you, or you can like branch eight out point. a bit and do two things. That could also be a thing. Or they, I think, I think they might just scrap some nodes as well, consolidate a few and then add, I think it might be like a mix of all the three options. Maybe mm-hmm. they consolidate some of them. Maybe they'll, add on some of them and then some will probably just get cut because they're not that interesting or fantastic i could see that happen it's it's never going to happen just number one because of dev time and number two because like 
people get very <laughs> attached to Atlas passes, but I want oh, I want yeah. everything to change. I, I I just want them to remove everything and just add redo the whole thing. Just everything like I I just love Shake Up so much. So like it'll never happen, but like yeah, it'll yeah. be it'll be fun. How do you feel about um? How do you feel about not all maps being there always? Um, it's a good question. I think. And what if they leave all the cells maps in and take out all the plateaus? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, like that's what I was gonna comment on. Like in a less memey way, but like, I think there could be some leagues that just feel better than other leagues just by default because of the map selection, because of you know what we've known from the past of having access to everything. But I don't think it's too much of a problem. I think I'm thinking too much into it, right? And I think it could mean that there might just be a bit more variety to each league because maps would shuffle around. Um, I think, yeah, I think I feel that it would be more of a problem than what it would actually be. Okay. What about divination cards? True. This is, this is something that was brought up and, and well, brought up after the fact, I don't think it was talked about on the podcast, but like, that's pretty scary to me is, uh, if this was to happen, in my opinion, the only way that it would happen is if all of the div cards could still drop. And they would they would shuffle around some certain div cards into other maps or something like that. Like like there would not be any div cards that would just no longer be target farmable. I find that I, pretty scary. But yeah, I think a lot of people would not enjoy that as well. I think yeah. there's definitely especially especially in the SSF crowd they that would limit build diversity as is because, for example, I mean the the good thing is that a lot of the target farmable stuff there is. For example, Chevron is a map boss in several maps, right? Mm -hmm. So you can always farm the shaves, unless they take all the shaves maps out. Yeah, that's true. And, and a lot of the div cards, div cards happen, but they they could they could just move them around every league. So every league we have to find out anew where all the div cards drop. Basically, mm -hmm. some of them are thematical, so they're probably not going to change too much. Yeah. But some of them could drop differently, right? For example, everything that is uh, themed around the labyrinth. For example, a lot of the time drops from the maps that have the Goddess of Justice uh, boss. Yeah. They could also put that on the Argus boss, right? Why yeah. not? It's also lab themed. Could kind of kind of makes a little bit of sense, uh, or put it just put it into the lab for a league because lab's not going away at, at the moment, at least. Yeah. Um, I personally think I would like that. Um, I mean, what they've done before is when Zana, the Zana map mods would swap around, and we some leagues we would have Nemesis and there would be more headhunters. Some leagues there would not be Nemesis and we have less headhunters. I don't yeah, think I they would shy away from just cutting out div cards. I think they would probably just sh shuffle the maps around and, yeah, guess we have yeah. less maps to farm Doctors now. Well, what about this then? What what if, you know, you get to maps, right? And and you pick up a map and, and it's just called map. And you're like, what? And then you put it into your map device and you get to choose from six tier one maps. And then when you choose that map, that it gets locked in and that's on your atlas. And that, no, that's not going to work, but... um. I was trying to meme. Honestly, um, that would be kind of <laughs> Omega cool. It would be pretty cool, oh, right? <laughs> Build your own atlas, but then we would have yeah. the whole problem of, oh, Trading, I choose though. channel map over pit map. Now I, I screwed my atlas because I can't farm pit map, which is now the best map in the game right now. True. Right? Do you have to like have an op of redoing, of making, whatever, unshaping again? It's like the same... I, I would like that, where you yeah. can like build your own atlas. We could also build the connections, maybe even. That would be kind of cool. It would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, now, now, why did I say that? I kind of. But I that would really like that would also 
bring back the whole problem of you ruined your atlas right like you have yeah, the wrong yeah, connections but, but then it's then ggg can say guys that it, that's your fault that, that wasn't us right they can just say god you stuffed it up it wasn't our fault yeah but that when then you have to watch the car have like a 568.9 percent more efficient atlas than you and yeah uh, but then, you know, that's more YouTube content for us all. We can, you know, we can all have uh, videos on uh, on efficient YouTube's. Uh, sorry, <laughs> efficient YouTube strategy. Efficient strategy. <laughs> efficient YouTube strategies. <laughs> <laughs> have clickbaity thumbnails, clickbaity yes. titles, everything in caps lock, oh, and a face like this. <gasps> yeah, that's just that's all I do. I just make those faces and yeah. get clicks. It's great. No, um, no, <laughs> uh, no. But speaking back on the changes of div cards, yeah, I think. Well, if it if it did come through, I do hope. I do hope that all div cards are still target farmable in some way. That's all I could really say. Yeah. I kind of would like if it rotates a bit. I like rotatoes. Um, I like. It was mentioned that they thought about like maybe rotating some of the base core league mechanics a bit, that they wouldn't have yeah. torment in every league, yeah. whatever. And then you can still use Atlas passives to force them when you really want them, right? There's yeah. like still these seons where you have five ghosted mobs. If you really want ghosted mobs for some reason, you can have them. Um. I personally am also in favor of that. I kind of like the idea of having rotating stuff. It's a bit awkward mm. for like maybe standard players who did not really ever wanted to opt into rotating stuff because yeah, you play true. standard because you don't want that crap to change. Yeah, you, you want you know you want everything to be solid and you know yeah, solid static and, and static. Yeah, exactly. Instead, yeah, because yeah. maybe you have, don't have that much playtime and you just want stuff to be where you left it off three weeks ago, right? Yep. <laughs> But it's all already not the case. Like you have to redo your atlas. Yes, you can run like a tier sixteen map and redo it. But also, every balance change will redo your characters. You get a full respec each time, but it's still. It sounds so scary playing standard, especially because, this like, patch. A balance change could just destroy a standard character. Like it, like like some some of these really patch. fun OP standard characters. You know that'd be fun playing around. But sometimes a patch can just nuke it out of orbit. That must this is so hard. You spend like thirty seven of your mirrors on standard, and then you know. The next day it's dead ouch oh come on yeah anyway <laughs> standard that, that um, probably happens a lot i think in the past gg have actually been uh very careful to not destroy yeah. too many standard characters and they th i think they still keep it in mind but they've been way more lenient now it feels at least like that's yeah, the case yeah, i think so was there anything else that was that was talked about in terms of quotation mark announcements um there was um, like I mean, something we all suspected is that 3.17 will be a uh, endgame expansion. Yeah, and that—that's what I think most people expected that this would be the next endgame expansion. I've kind of like so been excited. the <gasps> been like that. I'm always excited for endgame expansions. Um, oh, yeah. What I was very surprised by, or like uh, interested in, it might replace the Maven endgame. That's what Chris said. It's not yet yeah. decided if it replaces or adds on to. But it yeah. might replace the Maven endgame. I'm actually surprised it replaces the Maven and not the Conquerors. So the, apparently the Conquerors are here to stay and they're pretty happy with them for now. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I kind of want the Conquerors to rotate out. I want something... Because what that does is it really... I guess I guess they want the Atlas to be, you know, static in a way that it's understandable and, you know, you can follow it. Um, and it's just not constantly changing. You constantly have to relearn and everything like that. But, but I kind of want that whole thing to change i liked i really liked it when it changed from you know you had just like the shaper and then you had your shaper and elder influence on the atlas and everything to do with that and then it changed to the conquerors and now it's feeling a bit static to me i kind of want that whole thing to change and something else but we'll see yeah i mean i'm i'm honestly if they like cut short the atlas a bit as we talked about 
they wanted to add more awaken gems. Um, I feel I, I honestly feel like they should probably for bug fix series for like soon. Like he still sometimes yeah. flees the fight. Sometimes he still off screen lasers you if you come back in. Yep. They really, really, really should get around. If they want yep. this to stay for like another year, please. Like, there's there's still a big it. thing that happens that if you die in the fight and you go back in through the door, um, as you you know exit into the outside area where Sirius is. There can be a invisible storm sitting there that yeah that won't actually show itself until like three or four seconds. So if you just move, like you're instantly dead and like oh man yeah yeah yep. I usually like sit in like uh what's called grace period for a bit, but yeah, I think do you even get grace period doing that door? I don't even know. You, if you get do. yeah you do get grace period. I think I think um, do. in that door. I don't. But, I like, actually don't die to Sirius all that much anymore. I'll well admit. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really good. know. I play um, two thousand life builds, so I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the other things, I mean, I've played like some block builds, so that really helps. But it's also, it's also just, it's a lot of practice on the fight, and Definitely. I usually in yeah. SF the moment I get to series, like I think Awakening below Awakening eight is not that hard, and the moment I get to Awakening eight series, I'm usually pretty tanky and overgeared a bit. Yeah. On the defense side, because I I usually gear pretty tanky, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like well, there's 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 a couple of other things that have been like talked about in the podcast, but also patch stuff that we haven't really mentioned as well. Um, I don't know, I don't know how important it actually is to really go over, right? Like there was yeah. some there was some rogue buffs. They happened. I was surprised. I was surprised by rogue buffs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, was rogue already good. No, he's really good. So that's cool. He's really really good. Well, there was also it wasn't just rogue buffs, but kind of. Uh, quality of life as well just to showing you know what's actually going to be happening to your item oh, yeah because there were some amazing. things that were so confusing um like it is a buff but it is also quality of life like re like remove the lowest two modifiers you know that was actually going off the required eye level to roll that modifier rather than the tier of the modifier yeah so you could get confused and be like oh well this is tier three and this is tier five it'll remove the tier five. Oh wait it just removed my life damn it um so that was good. Yeah, that I, I had really that handy. happen a few times. Yeah. Until I figured out what that was something else. And there's no way to see in game what yeah. the eye level requirement of that role is. So I was like, do I open PUEDB now or yeah. just like skip it or just try my luck? Because I I couldn't be bothered to always open up like the the thing. Now I now that it just shows I think it's amazing. I think Rog is fantastic. Now. I hope Rog's he's so good, like even yeah. if the expedition stays or not, I hope Rog stays or some sort of rogging. Yeah. I don't know. Make make rock like if you don't don't keep that make rock like an uh, um a reward of a safe house where you just like there's a rock yeah. there, that would be kind of nice. Let's uh, put it somewhere. I'm gonna miss rog. I think everyone's gonna miss rog. If if he maybe he stays, but so I'm many gonna NPCs. Miss, I know you're probably gonna miss Gwenon because she gave you a headhunter, but Gwenon. No, I, I I still don't care about Gwenon to be honest. Okay, good. Yeah, no, Gwenon's given me <laughs> nothing. Actually, no, that's a lie. I did just get a wanderlust on my first reroll on Gwenon on on. Solo self found, so that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, Gwenon is cool, like especially for those like lowly uniques and stuff. I mean, we, in the group found, I think we got a lot because I'm still playing a group found league. I think we got a Mjolnir that someone was like saving up Avenger cards for uh, early. I think he had mm. six cards from like everyone pooled, and then uh, one of the other people just uh, rolled a gavel and got a Mjolnir, and now he's <laughs> playing Mjolnir, super happy. And we had yes. some some cases like that where people got some some of their uniques. I think we got quite a few Tinker skins. Uh, yeah, great. I think the Impulsor we have might also come from there. That I think Project PT is actually using the Impulsor now, which is Amazing. he's also in the league yeah. now. Oh heck yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you, you kind of uh, you kind of wanted to try some softcore stuff. You're playing like some 
Chart Dash Ward Boost. It's just such a gaggy <laughs> build. The, the opposer oh, is kind of PT. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so Other cool. than that, I think there's only things like Flask Crafts on the bench. Oh, yeah. Do you ever roll instilling orbs on Flask now, or do you just always Flask Craft? Um, I still forget they exist, so yeah. I read that and I was like, oh yeah, wait, yeah, that happens, yeah. <laughs> I think in SSF I definitely will be using that a lot, but yeah. yeah. Um, How much, are, they, really are nice. they expensive, the, the orbs? Are they instilling orbs? Are they expensive on trade? Oh, no, no. That, like, I have about 100 instilling orbs um, that I've just dropped, and like 50 in kindling, and I think a lot of people are the same. Like, they do, if you do yeah. content fast on standard, they will just drop a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I'm like headhuntering maps on a radar now. That helps. It helps with yeah. the kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <definitely>. awesome. <laughs> But um, yep. yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, Battle of the Brotherhood we also have from from Gwen. Oh, is ridiculous. Yeah. I named one of my characters Badger the Badgerhood. That was a good name. Badger of the Badgerhood. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> and it was using Badger of the Brotherhood. It was great. That was my Winter Orb actually. No, not Winter Orb. I Winter. That's what it's called. I Winter. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, yeah I think, that's kind of. I think we covered what we want to cover, right? That's kind of it, right? We talked a lot yes. of, you know, we talked a lot of what Chris brought to the table, and I'm, I once again, I'm, I'm very excited to see what does happen with this last scheduled Chris podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, that'll be pretty uh, interesting. I think. I think it'll be yeah. very different, just because of the people that are on it. Um, you know, different, different mindsets, and a lot more of a softcore focus, high end softcore focus. And then with Dapples yeah, that there well. to kind of help um, uh, with the balance of the just the people there, it'll be really good. Um, it is happening uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. I don't know the for exact you, I think it's, time. It'll I think be for you, it's like Wednesday morning. early morning or Thursday early morning Thursday for you. Wednesday, morning, Wednesday yeah. evening for EU, and probably like Wednesday afternoon for NA. Yeah. And I don't know anything about any other time zone. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be sometime on Wednesday or Thursday. There you go. Um, there's the exact time for you. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, we're gonna end the podcast. Um, that has been us. So thank you for uh, listening, and I hope you enjoyed uh, the very short uh, presentation by Chris Wilson at the start. Um, cough, <laughs> that was cough. so Defi silly. Cough, cough, definitely <laughs> real, Chris Wilson. Yes. Um, no. Yes. But thanks for coming, guys. This will be uploaded on my YouTube channel as we're still trialing it out over there, seeing how that goes. Um, so yeah, if you came in halfway through, you can check it over there. But that's uh, that's it from us. So yep. thank you so much for coming. And as always, I'm not going to say the lion because I'm really going to uh, what throw what? Yoji off. See ya. Oh, yeah, no. that's illegal.